welcome to the Bailan Room podcast. This is Ilias. Today on this podcast, I wanted to touch on a very important subject. Uh, I want to talk about confinement and COVID and the way it affected our business. And also, uh, I want to express a bit of critique on how it's been handled. Um, by doing so, I don't want to minimize in any shape or form any situation where COVID hit your family and friends and that you're, you're or yourself and you're having a rough time. This is just a perspective of a businessman that owns a dance school. And it's also, uh, I want it to be a sort of a voice uh, for our industry that is basically not considered by our government. So what I decided to do is follow my father's advice because he always says, you know, when you're not happy about something, you should write. You know, you should write and and send your your letters to the appropriate person, the the mayor, the the prime minister, whomever is in office. Uh, I think it's a good start. I'm not sure of the effect of those letters, but it's definitely a good start. And uh, so basically, I wanted to share with you a letter that I wrote to my prime minister. And I sent that letter also to a bunch of different uh, politicians in hope. Uh, I was hoping that someone would read it. Uh, I got a confirmation by a, by a colleague that it, it actually was read, but one of them. So that was good news. And so here you go. I'm, I'm going to read the letter. And if uh, there's uh, some, some comments that I have in my head, I'll share with you. And uh, hopefully this will uh, also contribute to the conversation of what is happening uh, uh, with the confinement and COVID and all the businesses that are struggling right now. All right. So dear, let's say Monsieur Legault, which is our prime minister here in Quebec. My name is Ilias and I have owned a Latin dance school in Laval for 16 years now. I also own one in West Island and in El Perro. We managed to operate with restrictions at 20% of our pre-COVID sales. For the moment, I have no salary and my business is struggling to survive because of um, the measures that are put in place. So now, just to give you a bit of context, so that, that letter, uh, uh, right now we're actually, uh, the letter was sent during the second stage, like basically the second confinement. So right now it's not uh, 20%, it's even lower. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm way under 10%. So I continue reading. I am now afraid of losing a well-established business for which I have given everything. And I'm writing to express my despair as I see it slowly dying. By closing us for another three weeks, which is the second time we're closed, you're putting the nail in the coffin of a session of my session, and I have to reimburse, reimburse all my clients who, despite the decide to dance, are more afraid than ever, and they won't come back until they are reassured by the same people who scared them. So I guess not anytime soon. Now, I fully understand that measures are needed to prevent the spread of the virus. I'm not dumb. I'm the first one to wear my mask and is very careful in my movements and contacts. But why close down businesses that comply with sanitary measures, such as the restaurants, for example? On my side, you know that people won't stop dancing together, and I assure you 
that it's better for everyone that they do it in a studio, in a controlled environment, and with chance to have traceability. So that's also uh, very important. Um, now, I have more than 1,000 square feet in, in one of my studios. And we were five couples, so basically 10 people, spaced out by way more than two meters. Uh, most of the people were wearing masks and uh, cleaning their hands before and after. Um, teachers were wearing masks. You know, it cannot get any safer. Like, the, the next step is staying home. So... Uh, closing these kind of businesses, like restaurants that invested so much, you know, they're already going month by month. They already have a huge overhead, you know, and, and some of our businesses have huge overhead, but not it's not comparable with restaurants because restaurants have way more overhead uh, with all the machinery, the kitchens, uh, the staff. Uh, uh, I was one once in a restaurant, they told me that they have as many staff as people in front, as clients working at the same time. So I, I thought it was crazy when, and, and he actually made me visit the kitchen and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was really impressed. So back to the letter. I don't doubt of the goodwill of the government in any way, but I wonder if you consider the long-term consequences and the following perverse effects unemployment, depression, suicides. At the moment, I just see the erosion of the social fabric, the culture, the leisure, and sport becoming way more pronounced. The strong message is staying home and consume Amazons and Uber Eats. I think it will leave indelible traces. There's actually nothing better to stimulate the local economy than people staying home and ordering online on Amazon. Don't you think? That would be amazing. Huh? So right now, actually, Amazon has record sales. In the article uh, of The Guardian, it notes that according to some forecasts, Amazon annual sales could increase by 20%. I think all of this is a very questionable social project. Now, we never talked also, I, I didn't mention anything about our youths. There was a lot of times when I, I was talking to a lot of people, uh, friends, colleagues, students, and we were thinking about the effect of the confinement on kids. Now, I have two children. I seriously thought that there was, that they were oblivious. That's what I thought. And uh, at some point, I noticed a bit of nostalgia in my daughter, and it really scared me. And she's, what, eight years old or turning eight years old? And that really, really scared me because she's a very upbeat person, like 10 times the, the upbeatness I have. And it just, I wasn't well. So I thought, okay, she needs to see someone. She needs to see friends. She needs to, you know, to interact with people more than just their parents. And I was thinking also what it would be like for teens where, you know, they're growing up and they're, they're building their, you know, their character and finding who they are in life. Like what kind of world is right now? Like some say, well, they're on their cell phone anyways and on TikTok. Yeah, but I think that just amplifies it. I think it makes it even more solitary. And uh, there is a lot of uh, outcry about that right now. And I'm glad that it's hitting the news because 
the past months it was very mono subject like it was covid and cases covid and cases but there is there, there are other problems and and most of them are insidious you know how do you weigh depression versus you know like uh covid death you know it's not a it's not a fair uh you know uh, let's just say this uh, equation but all this is has long-term effects and it's imp i think it's imperative that we talk about it i don't think we should just uh, regurgitate whatever we see in the news i think we should talk about all the adverse effects not of covid but also of confinement of our methods and the methods themselves have hurt me directly meaning financially and on a long term my question is is this sustainable is, is could, could this be every time that a virus hit could this be our answer to the the virus itself could confinement opening confinement opening and trying to control whatever's spreading could be the best answer that we can come up with and i understand that it's new i understand that i i'm not i'm just asking questions and i don't provide answers i'm i'm a dance instructor <laughs> so i'm just stating my uh point of view um let's go on with the letter so on the other hand by confining sport you promote inactivity which exacerbate mental and physical disorders such as obesity and um, therefore makes us even more vulnerable to covid on the other hand keeping the alcohol shops that are called here saqs open is essential so that we drown our sorrows so that was um uh just a way to put it like you're closing down some health beneficial uh, uh businesses but the ones that are not beneficial to health are staying open it's like it's just like there's a lot of contradictions here what they open what they close and it goes back to what i said you're closing businesses that are technically safe that are following regulations and you're keeping some other open and i understand it's a let's call it a shit show but um i i i disagree with that kind of uh procedures so continuing with the letter so yes it is necessary to protect the vulnerable but not to the detriment of the entire population which at the same time is becoming more and more vulnerable as well i think we should review the definition of vulnerability now it is known that um if you're uh, obese or you, you are more likely to catch pretty much ever, anything so statistically statistically speaking uh covid has more chances to latch on to you than if you're healthy or you move or you do sports so i think it would be a fair argument to say that we should reopen our sports to help us fight covid let me continue with the letter in short i had confidence in my government at the beginning but today that confidence is almost nil the disconnect with reality the arbitrary confinement of businesses the lack of communication of lack of transparency and logic it just it doesn't make sense so you close down the museum but you let you let some planes fly so i guess different 
industries, different rules, it seems. Now, I'm not saying here, again, that the airline industry is not suffering. They are also uh, not in a good position. You know, I'm just saying that if you're using science to decide what you open, what you close, then just use science. If you're using some kind of bended logic or you kind of close the ones that scream less or has m less money or have less lobbies like us, and then the lobbies that come and press you, then these guys stay open. You know, this is the moment where I lose faith. So, continuing the letter. Thus, I do not feel that the management and action taken by our government are taking us in the right direction. And at least, I disagree with your reactionary management without an overview. At one point, you will take responsibility for your actions and not blame everything on the COVID. Now, let's be honest. We're not in the same boat. Many sectors are paying very high, high price and others are getting richer. Let's just imagine a situation. This is a question that I, that I like to ask a couple of my friends that are actually well off. Let's just imagine if for one moment you, your salary is cut in half. And the reason we cut it in half or we l literally take it away. So let's say all your richness, so, or all your riches, sorry. So we take it away. Would you still be for confinement? If the answer is yes, you're uh, an amazing individual. Now, what I realize most of the time is that our opinion is tightly knit with our wallet. I'm including myself. You know, at the beginning, I, I sucked it up. I was like, all right, this is it. We're closed. I'm, 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 I, once the initial shock hit or, or waned out, I was thinking, okay, so I'm going to, you know, one month, two months, I can do this. But now it's been, what? Started in March. It's almost like nine months. And it's still going on. So, what, another, another couple of months, uh, one year? And everybody said, well, who knows? Yeah, but <laughs> when you have zero, zero of zero is, is zero, I think your opinion could be different. So... That's why I try not to judge whomever says, oh, I think everybody uh, should wear a mask. Um, I agree. I think it's a good idea. I'm not against it. Or uh, I, I, I will not criticize uh, those businesses that were, on, uh, that were on the news that were full of people or, or people without masks and people are saying, look at these irresponsible people. They're, they're spreading COVID. I will not judge them. No way. Because I don't know what what kind of positions they're in. I don't know if the day after, if they didn't do it, or they didn't open, or they didn't stay open, what would happen to their house, to their family? I, I don't know. So I'm, I will refrain from judging any kind of businesses, any kind of people, whomever, how radical you are in one side or the other. I, I will just say yes. You, you have the right because you are in a different situation than, than me. So, and, and also I thought it, it was strange that the people that are taking the decisions for us, like it's the first time in my life where somebody decided 
for me to close me. You know, it's like, it's not the market. It's a specific situation, which is COVID. And I felt from the outside, it felt like somebody is deciding for me. Like they're all my life for the 16 years, I was doing my business, you know, uh, you know, taking all the heat, taking all the responsibilities. And now for the first time in my life, somebody's deciding for me, 100%, you close. And I was wondering the people that are deciding if I go for a salary or my business starts to make zero dollars, would they, these people, if they take that hit, that monetary hit, would, would those people, these people make the exact same decision? If their pocket were involved, let's say if they, I would, I would like to see um, a politician right now come out and say, listen, I know it's really hard for you guys, but today I decided to show my leadership and I'm taking a 50% pay cut to be with you because we're all in the same boat. If somebody would do that, I would vote for him forever. I would be like, this is the man. This is the woman. This is it, you know? This, this, and, and it's not happening. It, like I said, these guys, they don't see any pay cuts. Yeah, they're struggling. It's, it's really hard for them, for sure, to make decisions. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes, 100%. But man, they still got the dineros. All right. So let me continue for the letter. I don't need any sympathy or government loan. I don't want my children to pay forever for disclosure. But I, what I want is my, my, that the ability for my business to operate according to the safety standards currently in place. I'm telling you no one will cry for entrepreneurs once it's over. And if you ask me to choose between my ability to earn a living, provide for my family, or run the risk for COVID, I think the choice is pretty simple. I don't pretend to have the solution or to be able to do your job. That I will never do. And I can imagine that you're faced with very, very difficult decisions. I just wanted to share with you my reality as an entrepreneur and to make sure that you are aware of our situation when you make your decisions. Now, this is the problem of our industry. I want to finish with this. Um, Right now, uh, on a provincial level, it's not clear uh, for the government who we are as a dance school. So dance schools are sometimes considered like sports and sometimes considered as a cultural activity. And sometimes we are closed or forced to close with the sports and when it's time to give us grants or help, then the sport thing doesn't apply. And this is what is happening right now. There's a huge grant to help out the sport industry. And even if they closed us under the sport industry, we don't qualify. And I'm not asking, for, I'm not begging for that grant. I'm just saying it's utter confusion at the government level. Sometimes we don't even have... Um, how should I say this? We don't even have a, a category. We, let's say if we fill up a form, we, there's, no, there's no place to put an X, like to, to, to even request something. So that has to be fixed. You know, I, I don't know who can fix it, but that has to be fixed. You know, th there is right now 
in Quebec, 431 dance schools that are operating under 20% of their uh, pre-COVID financial situation. So right now, there is 15 schools that are known to be closed. It has started. So this is no joke. And that why, that's why I wanted to share with you um, our situation and hopefully uh, you guys can can relate a bit or can understand a bit of, of our position. And I'm pretty sure um, the businessmen that are in the same situation or similar situation can recognize themselves in what I'm saying. And it's very important that we share our our views because the risk at the beginning, like that's what I was saying, the risk, our risk is when we go out there and we make our uh, opinion known or perspective or, or vision known about all this, that we look a bit insensitive or irresponsible. That's something I struggled with, with at the beginning. I didn't want to, but like my company, I didn't want to talk about religion. I didn't want to talk about politics and with anybody. I wanted to be like, there's just a joy place. People would come and have fun. And my opinions didn't matter. But I realized really quickly that because we don't have a lobby, we don't have a federation, we do have a, a really awesome um, association called RED that I'm recently part of. And these guys are working their butt off to get all the information and they, they basically ring, ring the government and say, what's up with this, what's up with that? But it's, it's like an uphill battle. So I encourage all the businessmen that are in this situation to share your uh, reality. Because right now, it is a health issue, but it's also now a survival issue. And now it becomes a mental health issue also. And that I really do care about. And I think our contribution in this world as uh, dance schools, when, when, when I say my mission is when people come into my school, it's not to learn salsa. People think they, they come in to, to learn salsa. That's what they think. And that's fine. My mission is that the people come out feeling better. That's our mission at Baila Productions. And that's what people reflect to us. They say, hey, man, I came in, I had a really bad day. This really wasn't cool. Uh, things happened in my life. It was really bad. And I came out, I came, after one hour of a class, I came out. Man, Elias, you, you should see the amount of, 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 of impact that has, you know? And I really do care about that. And I think we should get back into that safely. It's not about uh, doing it and just opening our business and free for all. No, I, I want to I create a safe environment that are helping people to feel better and to move and to be healthier. <sighs> that was it for today. That was my rant. Well, thanks for listening. If you listen to the end, uh, thank you very much. All right. And I hope that uh, this makes a difference. All right. So this is Elias from Bailaroom. Take care, guys. <laughs>